and welcome to Women Developing Brilliance. I'm your host, Casey Rossi. It's my great pleasure to present interesting stories of creative women sharing their message and lighting up the world with their presence and offerings. Get ready to be inspired. You can learn more about creating a business that you love by visiting kcrossi.com. Enjoy! My guest today is Echo Juan. She is a world-class investment advisor, and Echo actually left China at age 20 to cross the ocean with nothing but $800 and the hope of achieving the American dream. You are absolutely going to adore this interview. You can hear the passion in her voice. She has all the skills that entrepreneurs have as far as determination, dedication, and just having that faith of putting one foot in front of the other until she she reached her goal. So I know you're going to enjoy this. She shares a lot of tips and she just wrote a new book called Own Your Future. So enjoy. Echo, thank you so much for being a guest on the Women Developing Brilliance podcast. Hey, Casey, I'm very happy to be here. Nice to meet you today. Yeah, excellent. I'm really excited to dive in. You have quite the origin story. I would love it if you could kind of rewind time and let us know how you got interested into the world of finances. Yeah, I, I must give you a quick version of where I came from. I think that that's important to let everyone know. Uh, so I was born and raised in southern part of China, uh, in Guangdong province. And my both of my parents were high school teachers, and they were sent to rural villages to teach. So I actually did not live with my father until I was eight years old. And um, we didn't have running water uh, or reliable electricity for the first uh, eight years of my life. And finally, they were able to move to a bigger town. Uh, we were able to, you know, have much better uh, electricity and everything. And uh, when I was 12 years old, my parents moved to Shenzhen. Uh, Shenzhen was a fishing village at that time with 50,000 people. But today, if you Google Shenzhen, is one of the richest cities in China. It's also called Silicon Valley in China. It borders Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, the government uh, implemented special policies to attract foreign investments. So today, I estimate probably there are 15 to 17 million people living in Shenzhen. Just imagine. Incredible. Just wow. imagine. And so I was there. Uh, from age 12 to 20. And I did not go through a regular career path. I skipped the senior high school and I went to school of business and economics and I obtained an accounting diploma when I was 17 and started working for the Bank of China as an accountant when I was 17. And uh, so I had a really great job. I always wanted to travel the world, but I didn't have the opportunity. So I decided to take English classes at night after work for three years and hoping someday I would be able to use it. And one t- one day wow. opportunity came. My uncle uh, was a visiting scholar in uh, chemistry for the University of Idaho in a small town called Moscow, Idaho. And uh, he called me up and say, I may be able to help you at the beginning if you, you know, want to apply to get into the university. And I quit my job and I had 
I just had to go for it. And I, st- and I, did, I passed the exam and I was accepted. And nine months later, I was in the U.S. when I was 20 years old uh, with $800 in my pocket. And uh, so it was very um, exciting, but of course, <laughs> scary at the same time. And, Absolutely. Uh, so scary at the oh same my- time. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And interesting, like from, from Shenzhen to Idaho, I mean, I can't even imagine um, yeah. what that must have been like for a young woman to go through that. At least you had a family member back in the mm-hmm. States that was here to take you under wing, it sounds. I'm yeah. really interested. What got you excited about numbers as a teenager? I think I was very, I was the firstborn child. I was always interested in uh, business. And so um, I, I went to that school because I wanted to share the burden uh, with my parents. I have two younger sisters, very close in age. So it would be difficult for them to pay for three people in the college at the same time. And uh, so I just really wanted to learn more about how the business world works. I decided to study finance uh, when I was at the University of Idaho. And I was there for one year. And then I realized um, I couldn't afford the uh, non-resident tuition. So I found an opportunity to transfer to Minnesota. And uh, I was able to pay non-resident tuition. And most importantly, I decided that perhaps accounting would be the good major for me to find a job. It was really critical for me to actually get a job. So I love finance, but accounting, I think I had a lot more experience. So I was able to get it done really quick. Um, I, I love how the financial world works and the, and I believe that I'm really great at making things really complicated into something simple. People can understand. So I think, uh, you know, because I need that. Yeah, because I truly believe that people don't make good decisions when they feel things are just too complicated. So I, I think it's really important for me to not only master the fundamentals of doing research and choosing investments to build portfolio for each client. It's also important to make their financial life uh, simple and enjoy yeah, life. And- Man, what a wonderful skill, and I love what you're doing, and our listener is uh, primarily a woman entrepreneur, and I would love it if you could give her some tips when she hears wealth management. Mm -hmm. How can she start the journey? Because I think one of the misconceptions, especially for people starting out, is I can only invest if I'm wealthy. Can you break that down just a little bit? How could a startup solopreneur or somebody that's midway in the journey start building wealth for themselves and think about a portfolio? Yeah, you know, because imagine I came here with $800. So obviously, I didn't have anything to start. (laughs) And uh, I think over the years, what I have learned by helping corporate executives and also successful entrepreneurs, and later, you know, I started my own company in Initially, it was 2003. And I think for entrepreneurs, it's really important to, I think, three tips. One is uh, outsourcing. I, I believe in it because you must identify your, your zone of genius and you must make decisions to do the tasks that you know you are great at, not just good at. 
like yeah. you are great at, and then outsource the rest. So when it comes to wealth management, it's very similar. The concepts are very similar. So what I would suggest people do is think about this: you need to build a financial dream team. Let me give you one example. I see myself okay. as a financial quarterback. Just think about, you know, I like to understand this client's、uh, money history and、mm-hmm. philosophy. It's really important to understand how they view the world, and then、Absolutely. I I help them identify their goals, short term, in the middle term, or long term goal. And what I f- want to focus on is prepare a financial plan that is cash flow based. Because business owners understand cash flow a lot better than the abstract concept of finance. You know how the capital、sure. market works. So、mm-hmm. I think it's better for them to first understand their own cash flow as a business. And、mm-hmm. I have the tool like Echo Dashboard that they can actually see cash flow planning. You know, year by year, like cash flow year by year、uh, to age ninety five, you can project it out. That's the personal side, and building the team is very common. After I get to know them、uh, and help them prepare the financial plan,、uh, I would love to find out how they are currently working with other important professionals in their financial life. You know, as an entrepreneur, you just have so many relationships you need to manage. On the finance side, personally, I see it's really important to have. Obviously, hire a trusted financial advisor who can play that financial quarterback role. Like, yeah,、me. I like that analogy. I really <laughs> love that analogy, and I'm right on the same page with you when it comes to outsourcing and knowing your zone of genius.、Mm-hmm. I would like to pause for a minute and see if you have insight into the mindset because money is such a hot. Topic and people can either shut down and just go with the flow, or they're really on top of their metrics. It's it's a very polar opposite、um, experience from what I see with the people that I work with.、Mm-hmm. So I would love it if you could give some guidance. And I know we're only on tip one, so I'm going to go、yeah. back and circle to your <laughs> other two tips. Don't worry. But I, you're you're saying so many good things that I just want to pause you here in the zone of genius and talk about the mindset. Why do People avoid planning about money and thinking about it, or even being on top of it. Because even hearing dashboard for、mm-hmm. a linear person that's ready to put their finger on the pulse, they're all over a dashboard.、Mm-hmm. For someone else, even a spiritual entrepreneur or someone that's used to like letting the universe go with the flow and and bring things their way, they're gonna zone out when they hear that. So, talk to me a little bit about how we can get some buy-in for solopreneurs to even. Have the finger on the pulse of their metrics. Yeah, it. I understand when people feel either fearful or overwhelmed.、Uh, you know, especially on, during uncertain times like right now. And、yes. that is just like, oh, that's another task I have to deal with, and there's just too many things they have to do every single day just to keep the business running. But I, I believe that in order to grow, you must set aside. Time on your schedule to think a little bit longer term, what you want out of life and what you want out of the business. So, I would urge people when they think about, oh, that's too complex. Well, you have choices to make, right? If you refuse to plan, you are practically guaranteed to fail. 
So in a way, I would say for people, if it sounds overwhelming, it's okay that they don't do all of it. That's what I mean by if they partner with someone. Well, first, maybe first step is read a book and then interview a few people and yeah. find the someone you can trust. Like when I talk about the team, the outsourcing, right? You must uh, have a good CPA, you know, a good account if you need a bookkeeper because you don't want to go do QuickBook yourself. You outsource that. And then you must make sure you have a good banker, right? When you need financing, that's really good when you have the relationship and they understand your business. And also must think about uh, the right type of insurance and have a professional review. So I feel like if everything sounds too complicated, well, my book, I will, I, I've written a book to try to give examples in different areas of planning with case like client examples. So nice. Uh, yeah. So it's really important. I think what I want people to think about financial planning is that not just numbers because what people say, well, I'm not good at math. You do not have to be math genius to understand a few key concepts of investing and have a good investing experience. It doesn't mean that person has to do from A to Z on their own. Such a good point. Such a good point. Thank you for breaking that down because I think even that shines some light on a subject. And, you know, we are in business, of course, to serve and to work from our heart, but also to make a profit. And that's how we're going to be able to serve long-term and have sustainability. So I loved your idea of looking out further than just what's right in front of us. Did you ever just wish there was a group of high vibe women entrepreneurs that you could hang out with? A place where you could share your wins, get a biz question asked, and be around people that just get you. Well, there is my friend. It's my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group. I created a place on the web where like minds and open hearts could continue the conversations that we start here on the podcast. Fulfill your desire to develop friendships with women from around the globe. Women who are on the solopreneur journey just like you. Now more than ever, we are craving authentic connections. Believe me, your voice matters, your work matters, and having the support of a close-knit community can make all the difference in the world. So head over to Facebook and go to facebook.com slash groups slash Women Developing Brilliance and request to join my private Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group the gathering place for heart-centered female entrepreneurs looking to create an impact, increase their income, and connect deeply with themselves and others in the process. I can't wait to welcome you in my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group, where you'll be encouraged to introduce yourself, ask a question, and meet other ambitious lightworkers just like you. Again, it's facebook.com slash groups slash women developing brilliance. I'll catch you there. Let's circle back to your other two tips. I have another tips I want to make sure people understand when it comes to investing is um, just be beware of just not try to time the market. And remember, a lot of people, they just assume that they can kind of know when to get into the stock market, when to get out mm-hmm. of stock market. And I think many data, especially, uh, you know, recent, recently when you see the market going up and down so 
rapidly. People can get very wrong about the markets. Even experts can get it wrong, right? So yeah. I want people to, you know, if you think about investing, I want people to think about being more patient. Let me give you one example. I get this question a lot. People are like, oh, stock is overvalued. I'm just going to sit on the sideline. I think I will get back in someday. But right now, nothing looks good right now because the news is bad. Economic data is bad. Coronavirus is bad. And I do want people to ask themselves a question. Well, you have to be timing the market perfectly twice in order to make it work, right? You have to get out perfectly. You have to get in perfectly. Otherwise, you miss very important return that market deliver. So sure. when people talk about stock, I want people to think about the stock investing decision is not about whether the stock go up or down in the next six months or a year. It's a much long-term decision. So I want people to think about equity investing. You must think about longer term and this growth perspective. So you don't have to time it perfectly either today or tomorrow, but not investing pretty much guarantees to fail. So, and mm -hmm. also another tips I want people to remind themselves is uh, the, uh, the equity market ups and down make the news. But inflation in the long term is a silent killer. Um, mm -hmm. Because a lot of people are worried about losing money. Nobody wants to lose money when you invest. Sure. But I want people to think about it's not losing money. It's about your risk of tolerance. How much temporary loss can you tolerate without getting out of the market and park your Such money a good in cash? Point. So Such I want people to think in that kind of frame of, you know, how you tell yourself, right? You're telling yourself, well, I'm not comfortable. I'm, I just lost 20%, you know, market crash. And, but keep in mind that it's not a permanent loss, Unless you still sell and park in cash, unless you make it a permanent loss. And also, if you plan ahead correctly, according to what I said earlier with the cash flow planning and financial sure. plan, you shouldn't be selling your equity portfolio at 30% loss to pay your utility bills because that is longer term. And in general, I just want to remind people, be patient with long-term investment so especially uncertain times, don't believe you have the capability to time it perfectly. And it's better to look at the cash flow and have conservative investments for the money you need to pay short-term expenses, you know, next absolutely. two or three years. Absolutely not in the stock market. In fact, I tell people if this coronavirus is not under control in a year, this recession could prolong, right? So it may not be three years. It could be longer. Well, how do you prepare for that? For the long-term investors, and they understand the market better and stay in it when it's down, it's a buying opportunity, right? I mean, if you mm -hmm, have, sure. you know, 20% or 30%, that's discount if you don't need to sell in the next five years. That's for your retirement. So I want people to kind of think about your own risk tolerance. Have you prepared for the short-term cash flow need emergency fund, but make sure the money you invest in equity market is not something you are going to cash out in the next three 
to four awesome. years. Awesome. Thank you so much, Echo. That makes a lot of sense. I want to zoom out just a little bit because you have a strong tenacity and determination in your personality. And I want uh, to kind of correlate that back to our entrepreneur community because it really does take drive and it takes a little bit of a risk factor. And leaving China at age 20 with $800 in your pocket, you absolutely had to rest on a faith or a hope. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if you could share some words of wisdom for women that are wanting to dream and, and, and what could you give them for advice on daring to dream? <laughs> I, the first thing, obviously, I'm going to tell people is sometimes we have to be daring to dream. Uh, a crazy goal will help you extend your reach. reach mm-hmm. You know, so if for me personally is I knew, I knew at that time my opportunities in China was limited, right? So yeah. it was the lifetime opportunity. It may not uh, reoccur. If I didn't, you know, you grab the opportunity right away. So for me, I think for anyone, I want them to believe that future is yours. You need to believe in yourself. And you know what? Uh, You always should have a big dreams, no matter what. I also believe that share your crazy goals and your dreams with people you care about. Because that's huge. Having a support system. We absolutely need people who get us, get our mission and our vision and are going to be there to cheer us on and support us. Um, I want to talk about your book because that totally dovetails into this own your future. And I'm so impressed. I was scrolling through Amazon and I was reading your testimonials, a must read, a woman everyone should listen to, um, highly informative. I mean, just a load of five-star reviews. So first off, kudos to you. I love when people actually dare to share their story and use their voice. So it's really, really exciting. I'll make sure to drop the link to your book uh, in the show notes. But talk to me about that process. How was the writing process? Was it cathartic? How long did it take you? Like, talk to me a little bit about that. I always admired uh, authors because I learned so much from reading books when I was in China. I learned about the entire world and dreaming about someday I would travel the world. So being a writer is something I wanted to do, but I kept putting it off until uh, two years ago. And finally, it's kind of like a mid-life point. You know, for me, it's kind of like, okay, I've been uh, in the business for over 20 some years, and maybe I can work another 20 years. And so what I have decided to do is what a lot of people don't really know about how they can take advantage of financial professionals expertise to help them on their future. So I think there are misconceptions in the industry. So I want to make sure people uh, learn, learn, learn how to understand the process of financial planning. I think it's important. It's not just picking stocks. It's a way more than that. It's many areas. They're all integrated. So I decided to start it right. I, I did it. I broke off my Fridays for almost a year. Oh, awesome. Uh, I love this. I love that so you're sharing the strategy. I, you know, like any entrepreneur, if we don't block off time, there is no time, right? So what Absolutely. I have to do, I, what I believe in is if it's important enough, you should put it on the calendar. 
Um, so for me, writing a book is important for me to share the message of why people should start financial planning now, regardless how much money you have. I by sharing my own personal stories, and then uh, what other areas? What I see like a common problems in financial planning. So. It's really important for me to break down different chapters to go over the financial independence day. That is the retirement planning and the tax strategies. And I have um, oh uh, overcome behavioral biases because uh, many huge. many investors are emotional, and that's why they don't have a good positive uh, investing experience. And I have one area specifically talking about long-term care, because as you could imagine, Americans are living longer, more people are dealing with Alzheimer's disease. What can people do to plan for that? And I also Absolutely. have one chapter specifically related to charitable giving. And so for a lot of people, when they achieve that. financial independence, it's really great to help these people also help others in a more tax efficient way so they can see their positive impact during their lifetime. I want to pause there because I know that our listeners very much appreciate give back. I'm a firm believer of baking give back in your business right mm -hmm. from the start. I think that it's just the more that we can expand our message is just it taps deep into our why. I read in one of your reviews that someone had said she caught one of your blogs talking about charities and wondered, um, oh my gosh, could I be donating to a charity in the wrong way? So could you just share briefly how to donate to charities in the correct way? There are many correct ways. That's why there are one chapter about that, but I could give you a couple tips that Absolutely. a lot of people even, don't know. Even your top tip, your hot <laughs> secret. Well, <laughs> one is if you have any appreciated stock, you know, I'm talking about not in your retirement account, it's outside of your retirement account. If you have a long-term capital gain in one mutual fund or one stock, Instead of writing checks to your church or a charitable organization you support annually, why not just donate the stock that already has a gain? Because then you can take the deduction as a charitable deduction based on the value of the stock and you don't have to sell it and pay capital gain taxes on it and then write a check to charity. So just remember, the more gains you have, the more savings you have. That's one simple way. The other way is donor advice fund. I have done this for maybe 15 years for many clients. Donor advice fund is very easy to set up nowadays. Um, I mean, you could set it up as little as $10,000. Uh, so $10,000 minimum, and uh, you can transfer stock into it. Simply, let's say, transfer stock into it. After it's in there, you can sell and diversify, okay? But you don't have to pay taxes when it's in the donor advice fund. And you don't have to give the money to charity anytime it's up to you. It's on your schedule. So if you say, well, I just want to grow it a little bit and then give it later, very easy. You can grow it to 20 grand. And then later you say, well, I just want to give about $2,000 from this account to my college or my church. Sure. Uh, so I just want people to know that they don't have to wait until they're millionaires or billionaires to do something that could be impactful. So That's personally, awesome. uh, 
The third one is you can seek out some a scholarship uh, like I did in my university because I want to sponsor. I want to give one scholarship to a foreign student who mm-hmm. studies uh, in the school of in the college of business. So every That's awesome. Year, Every year they select one student, and uh, personally, I just love reading the letter each year from this winner, and just Aww, learn about that's so cool. Just learn about this person's journey, and my my you know my money helped that person so much. I love that. I love that you're um, you know paying it forward, and it's really like full circle from where you came. So my last question, uh, Echo, is. Um, what's been your favorite thing um, for pursuing the American dream? My favorite thing, um, I I feel so well. It's grateful as well. Of course, I've made mistakes, enough mistakes, <laughs> in order to be successful. But I am certainly very grateful about the education I've received here, and also be able to run a profitable. Personal wealth management business, Echo Wealth Management is my company, and right now I feel really good. I started this company five years ago mm-hmm. on my own. I now manage uh, more than hundred and fifteen million dollars for eighty-two clients. Congratulations! Uh, That's amazing. Thank you. And it it really feel good about being a business owner, I am offering employment opportunities to my team members. At the same time, I can see the positive impact we are able to make together serving these families, especially this year during really tough times that we can really see, you know, by working from home using Zoom, we yeah. are able, you know, <laughs> thank, we, thank goodness for Zoom. <laughs> we are able to do business as usual. I um, yeah. I think I feel grateful for just for the opportunity to be able to do uh, great things in this community. That's wonderful. That's awesome. I'll make sure to drop the link to your website for people who want to learn more. And Echo, it's been a pleasure. You shared some really great tips. I love your determination and your long-term thinking and also kind of the balance between when to have a risk for the reward, especially when it taps into your dream and your why, and when to be conservative and think long-term strategies for sustainability. So I love that yin and yang that you just (laughs) talked about. So thank you so very much for being here today. You are very welcome. And the last thing I want to say is uh, there are special offers right now on the book because my book, uh, Hard Copy, was released uh, on June 9th, and the ebook uh, topped the uh, 100 on Amazon in both categories in awesome. Echo, in uh, wealth management and uh, I think women and business in both categories on the same day. So I hope people can go to check out the website uh, ownyourfuture.guru. As you can imagine, guru is G-U-R-U. So I do, I want to be a financial guru for many people, especially uh, entrepreneurs and successful professionals who really want to simplify their financial life. Awesome. What a resource. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay. Take care. Take care. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on women developing brilliance. If so, head on over to Apple iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And 
I'd be grateful if you could leave a review or a rating so more people can benefit from these inspirational stories about the solopreneur journey. Thank you.